0: Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies.
1: Hello, everybody and welcome back to the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, the co-founder of Established Ventures, the team behind the Startup of Your Community, and this very podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk with entrepreneur and inventor Patrick Sherwin about his company, GoSun. GoSun was founded with the goal of making outdoor cooking easier, cleaner, and more accessible for people in both developed and emerging markets. It's, on, it's gone on to expand the, out of just cooking, and they're doing a bunch of different things with solar. And I'm really excited about his endeavor. I've been following him for a while, so looking forward to catching up with Patrick shortly. But before we jump into the interview, I wanted to remind you about our mission here at Startup of the Year in our community. Uh, We're all about helping startup founders all along the startup journey. And that can be through a number of different ways. We've got our community programs and resources that help educate and build relationships. We also offer opportunities to celebrate all the wins all along the way. And it all culminates in our Startup of the Year annual summit and awards. Those will be coming up here shortly, so look for some uh, announcements about that. But in the meantime, I just urge you to join our community today and become a part of this growing group of founders, helping founders. Uh, And if you do so before September 30th, you'll be eligible for our 2021 Startup of the Year awards. So that's an important thing to remember. If you get your application in and uh, do that before the 30th of September, you get a chance to potentially uh, be a part of the 100 companies that will be invited to take take part in our summit. Uh, that will be in a new location this year in person, and it will be an opportunity to connect, showcase, and potentially take home the title of Startup of the Year. And not to mention, I'll we'll be there. It will be a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of our team will be there, and we'll have investors and and mentors and thought leaders and corporate innovators there as well. So definitely get your application in. Just, just go to soty.link forward slash apply. S-O-T-Y dot link forward slash apply and become a part of the fun. All right. Now let's talk to Patrick Sherwin of GoSun. All right. Welcome, Patrick. So great to have you here today. It's been a while since we last connected. I think it might have been at CES a few years ago before the world changed. So great to have you. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks so much for having me, Frank. It's a real honor. Yeah. And it's, I mean, let's just to kind of level set, get everyone on the same page. Can you share what you're doing
0: at GoSun just so everyone understands what what you're all about? Sure. I've been into solar for a couple of decades and and uh, that was kind of the gateway to solving all kinds of uh, power and water and waste uh, needs, you know, lighting, cooking, cooling. And ultimately, I uh, came up with a bunch of portable powered appliances that uh, that can help you live a more resilient and independent life. Uh, and we've been doing this now uh for uh eight years and we've been largely uh funded through crowd the crowd so between kickstarter and we're also doing some equity crowdfunding now as well very very cool so your first you've, you've been looking at solar you came
1: up with an idea where did that idea come from and how did that first spark so eight years ago you were thinking gosh i just you know Hopefully you weren't staring at the sun or something like that. but just tell me a little bit more about what you were what you were thinking and what how the idea came came to be.
0: yeah, I think it started you know obviously long before that and it was largely stemming out of um, environmental motivations when I was a kid, I watched um, a creek in my backyard that I had built as an amazing. Uh, ecosystem for fish and amphibians get destroyed by a neighbor kid that threw a bunch of motor oil in the creek. And that, oh, that made me realize the power and impact that humans can have. And and then you learn in high school about, you know, the pollution was what we called it back then before climate change, uh, before we knew about climate change necessarily. And and I really wanted to focus on solving these issues, you know, and removing the stupidity of man. Um, I, uh, I, I jumped into the solar industry uh, in college. I uh, was lucky enough to find a solar company in the phone book and kind of stuck with the solar industry ever since. And and really the inception of GoSun happened um, almost like they saw it by ad hoc invention. I had taken um, a hot water heater that was a solar system off of a rooftop instead of throwing it in the dump. I took it home and I was tinkering on it and I discovered that it was an incredible way to make food. It uh, had never been used for cooking. It had always been used for heating water. And, you know, that, that was the, the aha moment and that led to several other aha moments. Then I saw Kickstarter and uh, realized that that was my path for launching a consumer brand uh, where we, you know, we build these appliances that are portable and durable so that you can take them into your, and, and then, you know, the other part of my backstory has a lot to do with like outdoor recreation, you know, camping and, and living in remote places, living off grid uh, in, the, in the Caribbean and in the mountains and and so our, the products are built to kind of pair well with off-grid living and be kind of the the better, you know, more 21st century uh, versions that that, they're, that are free of propane or charcoal and free of ice and things that you have to buy and burn. Very, very cool. So it sounds like you're living kind of an adventurous
1: lifestyle and you realize this is something that you needed to kind of be able to survive. And so you created this, the first product, which is this Go, Go Sun stove, right? And That stove, it's, I'm trying to explain it. Let's explain it for the listeners. So it's, it's almost like a cylindrical, like silver rod. That's about two, I'd say about two feet long. Is that about right? Yeah. And you put your food in there and then you just let it
0: cook via the sun. Is that right? You got it. It it takes literally just 20 minutes uh, to make a meal for a couple of people, Uh, And it's the reason why it works so well is the the glass tube, which is like a Pyrex, is double walled with a vacuum between the two walls of glass. And that makes nearly a perfect insulator. So it works when it's freezing cold or like even in cloudy days, it'll still cook. And now we have one that's hybrid. So there's an electric heating element inside. So you can cook day or night, indoors or out very very cool. So you started with this, you got it out there, put it on
1: kickstarter. How did that go or what 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 was the trajectory from there that kind of kept you moving forward?
0: Yeah, the, I was working as a, like a freelance consultant doing a bunch of design and installation work in the solar industry and then this was sort of a muse it had been a muse for nearly a decade before launching got I love the side hustle. Got to love those side <laughs> hustles. Yeah, this Great. was basically a side hustle yep. initially and I had an email list of about a thousand people, like colleagues in the industry, over fifteen years or so. And when i uh, when I launched on Kickstarter the first day, we made thirteen grand. over seven weeks, we made two hundred grand. And that was just me and a buddy kind of working on the side hustle. And it, I basically abandoned my previous work as a freelance consultant designer. I told all my clients, hey, I got this invention that's taking off. I'm going to go, you know, my side hustle is now my full-time gig. And uh, from that point, it was sort of the 80-hour work week for a few years, Um, you know, draining your life savings, um, hiring, you know, the best uh, young talent I could find, um, building, you know, relations with, you know, mainly e-commerce oriented business, um, a lot of international distribution. Uh, figuring out you know customer support, uh, logistics. Um, and you know I tried to stay more on the creative uh, as much as I could, the, the new development, the new product. what was the, what was the new horizon? Uh, what were customers asking for? And so we focused on expanding throughout the um, solar cooking space. As I mentioned, we, we lar- made them larger, we made a few more portable and smaller. Uh, we made the hybrid. And then we pivoted a few years ago into other solar powered appliances. Um, You have the obvious stuff like charging your phone and lights, but also we ran, we made our first, the world's first solar cooler, and it's literally a portable refrigerator that can run on the sun. Wow. That's very cool. And I I can carry on, but um, as far as, you know, where the business took us with respect to the different innovations over time. um, I want
1: to actually rewind for a second, because I think you talked about a lot there. And I think what I wanted to dive into, and I love the fact you've expanded in all these different areas and we can jump into those too, but you mentioned a point there that I, I know well, and I know others listening probably do as well. It's that, that inflection point where you're like, oh man, this is a side thing, but I need to take it full time. How did you feel when you're jumping, you know, literally your toes on the edge of the diving board, (laughs) getting ready to take this full
0: time? Oh my goodness. The the feeling, you know, I went into work, the day I launched on Kickstarter, and the, the day we did 13k, and I felt like a king. I mean, I just felt like a billionaire. And um, and so you know, all of those random hopefuls, all of those you know, I don't like to have too many expectations in life, but it all came true literally. You know, in that day, in that moment, and that happens a lot now when I launch when we launch new ideas. Um, those first days, those first few hours of the launch are so exciting, uh, and you get that you get that hype generated, which we all, we all enjoy. Uh, and, and, you know, making the decision was completely natural and intuitive to just put, put my whole heart and soul into this business. And, you know, it turns out, I think I was, I didn't admit to myself cause I was, I was maybe 37 years old at the time and I was built for it, you know, that I was, I was kind of an entrepreneur without really knowing it or trying, you know, and, and that I was I was somewhat gifted in the realm of um, coming up with an idea and knowing that it had a market and then figuring out and assembling a, a, a team and, and, you know, kind of going through the commonsensical steps of building that enterprise and keeping that brand moving forward and keeping innovations pouring out. And had you had any experience building a consumer product before or was
1: this your first rodeo with that?
0: Pretty much. I mean... I mean, I, I was kind of an inventor tinkerer throughout my life and I had made a few things where people were like, oh, I'd love one of those and I might make one or two for friends and family. Um, but it was never anything that I took necessarily to the internet and sold thousands of. So this is my first real rodeo in, in what's you know a real viable startup. I had a couple other startups that I had, I, I like I ran a, a, an electric vehicle charging infrastructure, solar charging infrastructure business in Asheville, North Carolina. I started that with some buddies and we did decent. We did okay. It was really hard. It was like a highly regulated space. And we were like 10 years ahead of our time. Um, And then I I ran my own consultancy business for, for a while and had sort of a small exit from that. So, you know, I was relatively familiar with small business and kind of startup. But this was a real robust, you know, kind of a high growth, a hardware
1: startup. Right. And so I guess I think our listeners would love to know how you went about that being new. How did you move forward with figuring it out? I mean, was it trial and error? Were there certain steps? Because I think there's probably listeners out there that have ideas that want to take it and create a consumer product, but have no idea how to start, you know? And so if there's anything we can do to help that, I think that's, that would be a huge win
0: you are you are a huge helper i tell you what frank you know you you um you help me in a big way several times we've run into each other and and frank you're the type of guy who will actually follow through on saying like yeah i got a buddy that might be interested you know i'll i'll hit you up sure enough you hear that a million times at a at a right. trade show frank gruber will will actually give you that buddy's email it's all yeah it's it's all that it's it's about being more oriented around execution than than talk and then you know you have to you really be grounded in in common sense so i was daunted you're always daunted by something that you've never done and you think only the musks and the bezos of the world could figure no it's it's really one day at a time step by step and you just climb the ladder uh, and and there has never been i mean it's been overwhelming from time to time it's been seriously stressful it's been it's strained my personal relationships you know but i i've ended up day by day moment by moment and i think you know i've always when it got really intense and overwhelming i've always said hey this is a test of what you're capable of it's not don't look at it like a big ball of stress and difficulty. I mean, the business, the market, it—the world—is is asking you to rise to this this opportunity and this occasion. And I, I just sort of met that with as much energy and intelligence as I could. And what was you know draining my life savings and eighty-hour weeks for maybe three or four years, you know, became a salary and you know, I've, I've had some 40 hour weeks and, and some vacation time. Uh, you know, I still work probably 50, 60 hours, but it's like, there's a pace to it now. I've got balance back um, and, and I've got a brand with significant value. Uh, and I feel like I've, I've given something, you know, to the world. Um, so it's, it's, it's extremely gratifying, all in all. Um, demanding, yes. It's a lot, probably a lot like having children. Uh, it's just, uh, you just can't, you can't, you can't have a perfect plan. And certainly again, common sense says that your plan is going to have to change and that you're going to have to adjust to whether this product was a success or a failure or the feedback you're getting from customers or from, you know, employees or your engineer or your manufacturing partners. I mean, we've had to make so many adjustments and pivots and, and, you know, we've had, we've had to you know, avoid so many pitfalls along the way, but we never really have lost that core excitement, passion. I think, you know, that sense of purpose has really driven the business forward. That makes sense. And I loved what you
1: said a minute ago about one day at a time, step by step, you know, that's a, something I really believe in. I know, um, got a friend actually started a company around that, that phrase. And, You know, sells gear and stuff related to it because it's so true. Like you can't, you're not going to build Rome in a day, right? You're gonna, um, you know, it's going to take little every little brick, right? And so, I love that approach because if you try to solve it all in one day, you're you're not gonna you're gonna feel overwhelmed, right? (laughs)
0: Definitely, and I think the the financial side of it is an important one. Where if you if you're thinking about money through the through the whole process, you know, you're kind of you're kind of really shooting yourself in the foot. Um, you're going to, you're, you're going to have to have many more desires and be much more sophisticated than money. You know, whether that's, again, making an impact, developing relationships, um, you know, just learning and, and having fun. I mean, if, if money, if, if you're in the startup world and your main motivation and, and your, you know, maybe your most exclusive relate is money, you're, You're probably going about it the wrong way. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a path for making money, but you're probably not going to make any anytime soon. And you're going to have to ask everybody and his brother to get theirs so that you could try to put some forward. And and the actual opportunity for an exit where you're actually going to be rich and a millionaire is so extremely rare. Don't fool yourself. Have fun with it. Be you. Do you. And try not to get caught up in the chase of 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 money. It's such a it's it's just only one small indicator of of real wealth, success. Yep, absolutely. So it sounds like you guys have been
1: having fun. I'm curious how big how how has your team grown? Like how how has that looked? And then on top of that, um, you know, let's talk. Answer that one first, I guess, and we'll jump to the next question.
0: We're now at about 15 people, uh, and again, we've kind of grown fairly organically. And, you know, there was, there was only one time where we had a little bit too much staff and the, the direction that we were heading didn't really work. So we had to thin out a little bit and and thinning out happened by itself. Naturally, it was, you know, people that were, we were trying to get more into retail stores. So we had a sales staff and we didn't, we didn't, we'd opened a lot of doors, but then people weren't getting sell through because our products are not kind of mainstream ready quite yet.
1: That makes sense. So I'm curious then it kind of is along those same lines is like your products um you you started like with the stove and you mentioned it went into the 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 batteries and the powering your devices and then now you've got a cooler which is really interesting and you've got even I on your site it's really cool that pro kitchen setup is killer <laughs> I want to get I want one of those right <laughs> um but what what I'm curious about is um how did you decide like when it was the right time to launch an additional product cuz I think that's something that, um, entrepreneurs may not know that right timing. Like they've got this one, one thing and they are focused on it and they love it and they want to keep focusing on growing, growing, growing this consumer product. When was the right time to shift gears and and what made you want to do that?
0: For me, it's always another idea on the horizon that I'm working on. So I, it's almost the questions, the opposite, like when Patrick, you know, um, when, when are you going to stop launching new products because you're ex- exhausting your development team? Um, so, uh, but when, did, you know, for us, we kind of from the beginning, since we were a crowdfunded company, we tried to bake in a product launch every year. And it seemed to be rather easy and intuitive to meet that. Um, and then as we got bigger, once we got to maybe the, the third or fourth year, with you know, upwards of getting close to 10 staff, we are trying to do two uh, product launches every year. Um, and that's assuming that you have a product launch that you really know is innovative and market ready, um, but that's how it has worked for us. So just speaking of, of where my business has led us, um, we did have to produce new products and, and actually like early on, crowdfunding and new product launches were about half of our revenue. So for the first several years, if we didn't launch a new product, we could have been dead in the water. And in fact, we had a moment, I think it was 2017 where we were working on uh, this cooler, which was kind of a big pivot and we were running like the stoves were selling as well as we had hoped. So we were running out of capital and had the cooler launch not worked we, we again we could have gone bankrupt, so right. these are these are drivers, of course, of when you know. But I think you know the real answer is, um, you know your your team like product new product development takes time, and uh, we we had one or two products that we launched before we were ready, and we thought we had a, a really good plan for going to manufacturing or development, but in fact it cost way more than we had expected. Um, and so we weren't ready and that was probably rushed. So we've learned over time, you know, but I think the main driver is, um, we have more needs to meet and that's definitely not going to change across the planet. And, and then speed is really important, you know, and I do have an idiom like, you know, like it's better to be, you know, to get it done, done is better than perfect. Uh, and, and that, you know, since there's nobody really in the space that we're in, you know, working with breakthrough por- portable solar products to meet central needs. You know, we're okay with launching things that are a B plus instead of an A plus, and so you know, sometimes our product launches aren't like just polished and impeccable. We're not Apple, and we're okay with that.
1: Yeah, no, that's interesting. I think that's important too. You know, <laughs> perfection is uh, sometimes the enemy, right, of of moving things forward and success. So, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so, curious. Um, about how you you mentioned you've got a lot of different products now and how do you keep your team focused? And then I'm going to shift gears, a quick answer around that and we'll shift gears. I want to talk about crowdfunding.
0: Great. Uh, our, our customers and the amount of products that we have out in circulation, uh, and the amount of development needs that we see on our, our backlog of product developments keeps our team focused. Um, the the team is is fairly young. Uh, it's a highly motivated, um, you know, a lot of purpose orientation, um, and you know we we take time to enjoy each other and enjoy off time. Like we just did a great float trip down a local river. Um, in the in years past, we've gone on multi day trips. Um, so we'll do, you know, we'll, every quarter or so, we'll we'll take a day and kind of talk talk big picture or um break out and in, and in, in, in do more planning sessions um so that's been you know again relatively intuitive and uh, and kind of a, a joy to to work with the team i um i turned out I'm, I'm a decent decent motivator or manager of of a millennial workforce because i think a lot like a millennial even though i think i'm more of a gen xer but i i you know, I want to do the right thing. And, and I want to, I want to do it in a smart and easy way rather than, you know, the, the code of drudgery. So whenever we have work that turns into the mundane, we try to outsource that so that we're always doing something, you know, creative and different and, and always learning.
1: That's a great point. Out outsource the mundane. That's, a, that's a great takeaway. Um, and then also I'm curious, um, you're all in the same place or you're all in Cincinnati.
0: Is that correct? Yeah, there's, uh, um, there's like 10 of us in, in the office and then, you know, another 10 in, in subcontractors throughout the throughout the world.
1: Gotcha. Makes sense. Cause I was curious how you were handling remote and whatnot with COVID and all that. Has it affected you guys a lot?
0: It did, um, back in March, April, May of 2020 and, um, you know it was such so scary for everybody at that time right Absolutely. but at the same time our business was going nuts and so like i thought i would get this break and i'd put my feet up and i'd get a little chill time no the business was just demanding and we had orders coming in like never before and that hasn't really stopped to be honest um so we're back together uh we well, we stayed away I mean, we, we worked from home for about two months Um, We have a really nice work environment where we have a a big space with it's hard to describe, but basically it's very open and creative space. So we like to be together. However, I am really working to embrace more remote and and really working to make sure people are, I don't know how you say it, but ultimately finding a work life balance, you know, trying to really work on themselves as well. That's great. And I just, you made me kind of have a flashback there of March
1: 2020-ish time frame when um, people were, you know, it was kind of a scary time in the world. It still is a scary time in the world, but it was definitely a scarier time in the world. And more or less, you know, there were thoughts of like, you know, going to the grocery store and not having anything in the grocery store because there were just not enough supplies. So I could totally see where like your stoves and, you know, kind of off-grid kind of components, coolers and things would be uh, pretty popular. So that makes a lot of sense to me. about that timing
0: yeah exactly it, uh, remember the toilet paper scare i mean yeah it, yeah we, you guys, <laughs> yeah
1: everyone's and so more or less people are getting your stoves and getting all your stuff just in case there's apocalypse or something happening
0: yeah no it's it, COVID has been a, a a win for us from a business perspective in that two trends outdoor recreation you know look at the trailheads you know everyone's going outside and that's great and then the preparedness, you know, and preparedness is now shared by more of a mainstream mindset. It doesn't—you don't have to think bullets and bombs and bunkers and right. But but you know, think about toilet paper now. <laughs> right, absolutely. But I think people
1: thought about the other as well. Just <laughs> there was a rise in all of it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's move on to crowdfunding. You've done a lot of crowdfunding in your career here, and with with Sun, you've been successful uh, with doing that. So I wanted to get some. So, for all of our listeners out there, wanted to understand like your learnings from that. If there's anything you can share about crowdfunding, maybe think back to like the first time you did it and what you learned in that experience, and then every mm-hmm. time you've done it since.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the video is a big important element in trying to keep the first like ten seconds of the video super relevant and kind of try to nail a ban- brand promise. Um, and often, you might say even like the first five or three seconds. Uh, really, really focusing a lot of the creative effort in how you're going to communicate right there at the beginning. Um, And, you know, we've found that over time, there's other people that are much better at doing things such as Facebook marketing, Facebook ads. Um, There's now services that are basically like the pre-launch service to your pre-order sale. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) and there's a whole
1: marketplace of place or another whole another market of
0: companies that help with the marketplace basically (laughs) yeah and and they literally build a giant email list before Mm -hmm. you launch your kickstarter wow and that turns out that's really helpful because then when you come out of the gate you've got you know your first 500 backers have already jumped in right on day Mm -hmm. one and so when when people look at you day two there's already fifty thousand dollars and there's all that your validation that happens right, right off the rip it right, reminds me a little bit of books uh publishers right like they do a
1: similar thing with publishing books you have your family friends and everybody try to pre-order right to get it stacked up and then yep book tours Same. ahead
0: of the right. launch and yep yep that's been an interesting new insight um you know i think you you do want to have something innovative and, and, and today you know more and more stuff is getting it's all about video production media production social media shares and so, you know, you want something that looks attractive, that's got a nice cute little animation, that's got some after effects and some numbers and digits swarming in at the at the images, it, you know, you, you kind of have to hit, hit people in in the visual element first and, and hope that that visual element will stand on its own and, and explain, you know, what this product is and how it works, so those are all important. And I would say that like what was like, I literally, my first Kickstarter, I built the video, 90% of the video was shot on an iPhone and then edited in iMovie and recorded in my basement with my iPhone microphone. You know, Um, so that was like $3,000 or less of production time and energy. Now, I think companies are spending over a hundred grand just to get their media assets together. Wow, that's
1: what I was going to ask you. Is it become re- literally too expensive for the real,
0: true, you know,
1: maker slash startup to do this, or is there still potential?
0: Oh, I think it's still all about the innovation, you know, and that's the beauty of of crowd. The crowd is it's still all about peer reaction and validation. So if you if you have something really cool and a pretty poor video, let's hope you can still convey what it actually is and does and price it right and promise a decent, you know, ship date and all that and, and build that confidence. You know, I mean, I'll still support stuff. That's pretty rough around the edges, you know, C grade, but um, because I, you know, I think most of the people still shopping on those platforms are more early adopters and they're willing to accept, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's something we find more from somewhat more established brands. I mean, basically, you know, I'm spending maybe, Fifteen grand now. I mean, I'm still pretty pretty frugal and and mm-hmm. I don't I don't go nuts on video, uh, but some of the brands that we compete with will do these hundred thousand dollar videos and then they'll do you know multi million dollar campaigns, and wow. uh, and so yeah you know, like I said, video helps. Absolutely. So it's
1: it's that's crazy. I mean, that's a lot more than what it used to. I remember when it first started and it was literally just like you said. You could put an iPhone movie out there. So, but you can still do that, right? There's still that com- component. It just may not be as snazzy as some of the other ones that are, are out there.
0: Yeah. And um, you know, we've, people have created more of a formula to it all um, there's the launch boom Academy uh, you know, you, you can, you can kind of rear up your idea quite well and really position it for success and, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of directions to go. And, and you know, it, it does, it's, it's for me, like, it, like I mentioned at the beginning of this call, you know, I really wasn't sure that this idea that I had was going to really take me anywhere. So I put a $40,000 cat, like I, I needed to raise $40,000 before I would, you know, kind of build these things and deliver them, because I knew what a challenge that was going to be. And that's the beauty of the do or die function on these crowdfunding, you know, both Indiegogo and Kickstarter have that. And so I set a really high bar and we got to 200,000. I thought, okay, great. I'm in, I'm quitting everything else. We're going to do this. Um, But, but, you know, you really want to make sure that you're not giving away the farm or, or, you know, promising the moon when, you know, you, you put a real low bar, I only need $500 to deliver. It's like, are you sure about that? You're going to right. have to made this thing in Asia, ship it across the world. And so, you know, that's, that's the evaluation that, that makers and entrepreneurs have to do. And again, you just have to try to get as commonsensical as, as possible and really look at a calendar and look at your budget.
1: Well, that makes a lot of sense. I think there's a really great tip. So thank you for sharing some of your knowledge here. You've done a lot of it. I'm curious. One follow-up is, have you, have you used both Kickstarter and Indiegogo or what have you, mm-hmm. what have you you've yeah. used both? Okay. Are there other platforms you've used too, or no? Just those two?
0: Well, we're using a couple others now for the equity crowdfunding. So oh, okay. now that's raising capital. Mm-hmm. Right. Excellent. Uh, you mind me asking which platforms you're on? Yeah that that's uh, startengine.com, okay. uh yep. backslash go is where we are. Oh, excellent. Okay, so go check a, that out. We'll,
1: we'll put that in the show notes as well, so people can go thanks. check it out. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um. All right. So. We're almost out of time here. I wanted to ask a couple questions, just personal, about like your your you as an entrepreneur. Like, who are some of your mentors that have kind of moved you? You know, kind of helped move you move you through this um, over the last eight eight or so years as you kind of run this company. Or yeah. What are some of the best mentors? People you kind of look up to, that kind of thing.
0: I've been super fortunate to have attracted a VP of development, Gary Starr. He uh, born and raised in the Bay Area. He's done a ton of startups. And everything he's done has been focused in clean technology. He's the one that kind of ushered us into the floor at, at CES, um, and has really been driving a lot of the business's uh, growth. And so, without Gary Starr, I know that Gosun would not have had the growth trajectory that it's had, and that's just uh, just the luckiest mentor, business ally, and cohort. You know, my partner in crime. Um, and then you know outside of Gary, a lot of my former employers have been pretty surprisingly supportive over time. Um, former bosses, former business owners that I've worked for have been incredibly ins- insightful and um, encouraging, you know. Uh, and then and then sort of some investors, uh, uh, we've got three or four investor private investors that have really done a lot to mentor with me and, and we'll do like quarterly calls, and you know, okay, Patrick, where are we at? And uh, you know, how are we going to get there? That you mentioned where we're going tomorrow. You know, what can I do to support you in going there? Um, and and really kind of kind of grounding a lot of um, of and helping to integrate you know this sort of visionary energy in, into a business model. Big big picture, you know, I love looking at people like Elon Musk. Bezos, right. Richard Branson, and I'll read their books and, and all of that. but uh, And all of that is relatively uh, relatable as well. Uh, but Fantastic. Think,
1: yeah. It sounds like you found this one in Gary Starr. I'm curious, just how did you connect?
0: We met at uh, Social Capital Markets, uh, SOCAP, out in, the, oh, yeah. in, in San Francisco yep. in like 2014. And um, I was in doing a little solar demo and he had done solar cooking in the 1970s and been in solar heavily in the eighties and then in electric vehicles. And he was kind of like totally, you know, interested in the technology that I developed. And so we became fast friends and he's been, he's been our lead investor. You might say active angel from, you know, for the last seven years. So I couldn't have asked for a better partner.
1: Fantastic. That's amazing. Uh, sounds like you have, you know, similar likes and, and thoughts around solar. So that's super important as well. So, all right. I think we're at our t- at time. I wanted to ask you, are there any other um, things you wanted to share maybe with people listening? Like you mentioned earlier, you've got that uh, uh, funding o- option open right now. at a uh, mm-hmm. start engine.com forward slash Gosun. Is there anything else or any way that people could get connected with you if they wanted to ask you a question or something like that?
0: Welcome to email me Patrick at go sun.co um, and go co is our, our site. Yeah, uh, so it's been a pleasure, Frank. I really appreciate it. I think you know we could talk all day. We could, yeah, absolutely. I think you hit all of the basics, and uh, yeah, you're the real deal, man. I, I, you're just a, you're just a fantastic networker, and and uh and I'm just really grateful to know
1: you. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you so much for the kind words. And best of luck with everything that goes. And I'm continuing to follow along as you, you know, continue to push out different products and and make it easier for people to create, um, you know, create whatever they're trying to do. In a more sustainable way, I guess you could say. That's right. You're absolutely. Right. More, more so much, resilient Patrick.
0: and independent. That's what we're going for. Thank you, Frank.
1: Thank you, Patrick. I always love talking with founders and companies that are trying to help uh, make the world a better place. And I really love the mission and can feel the passion coming through in your voice. So thanks so much for taking the time and sharing your insights here today. For those listening, I hope you enjoyed the episode and you took something interesting away from the conversation If you enjoyed the conversation, please do share it with someone that you think will find it helpful. Uh, Sharing is caring, and and we're all about it. So help spread the word and spread the love. Finally, I want to mention Open Grants because I think it's something that our listeners could really benefit from and knowing about. Uh, Open Grants is a platform, and it's a a search engine for um, basically non-dilutive U.S. funding. So you can go out there and check out uh, www.opengrants.io forward slash established. And you can sign them for free and do a search for grants. And these are grants that could potentially power your startup, your nonprofit, uh, some of your foundations, things of that nature. So nothing can compete with non-dilutive funding. So I urge you to check it out. Just go to www.opengrants.io forward slash established. All right. So if you have a startup idea and you want to get it going, today is the best day to start up. Not tomorrow, not the next day. Don't Don't wait. Get it going. Get, uh, get iterating, and, and in doing so, I encourage you to join our community for access to support, expert advice, and resources that you'll need to elevate your startup. You can do so today by just applying online. Go to soty.link forward slash apply and join the community. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber signing off. Thanks again for listening. Wishing you the best of luck and future success in all of your startup adventures.
0: Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and we'll be back with another episode soon.